0: Hello, welcome to episode 43 of Scuttlebutt. I'm Nick, I'm here with Vic. Hey, I'm back. Back in town, and we got William here. Howdy. We're all in-house, and today's episode, of course, is brought to you by our friends at Service Credit Union. Uh, we'll get to them in a minute, but Vic, in-house. Yes. You were yeah. out in California for the last little while. Uh, yeah. Anything interesting happen?
1: I, you know, for three months, man, it was quite the little journey. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, some of the interviews that I was doing while I was out there. Uh, but yeah, it was a really great time. Um, uh, it's really great. It was great to be home. It was great to be near the beach. Um, it's great to visit some Marines. I mean, always great to visit some yeah. Marines. But I mean, here on Quantico, it's hard, you know. Not, yeah, you, know, you just went from one marine capital to the yeah, other, Yeah, they throw right? a football <laughs> and hit five of them without even realizing it, and then obviously turning and running away. But, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, it was, uh, Cali, I mean, uh, we went to the um, Marine Corps Association, hosted the their West Coast dinner, and uh, I was able to be in attendance for that, and so it was great to sort of be back. You know, I, I will say um, every area has its uh, – Has its flavor, yeah. And you know, being on the West um, Coast—not to be cliche—but there is a. uh, It was just good to be back uh, in the Fleet Marine Force, um, especially my my stomping ground. All my fleet tours were on the West Coast, and so it was great to be back amongst the Marines, the area, in the area. Um, There was just a. There was just a a a feel of of readiness, of um esprit de corps. Not that you don't get it here at the crossroads, I mean there's a ton here, but they, there's just a difference of being with, you know, the victor units and Marines being celebrated for doing their accomplishments is really it was a lot of fun. It was a great dinner. And then yeah, being able to to sit down and just absorb what all these Marines are doing active and now that they're out and and just being sort of back in that in the culture, it was cool. It was, it was a
0: great visit. Awesome. Um, so I don't I don't know if you know this, but you kind of created a little mini series because a lot of the guests you're talking to were have started businesses. They're like entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, were you getting that vibe? Like that wasn't planned, right? That was just uh, these are guys that have great stories and yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think
1: it really fit in with what we're trying to do with the show uh, that every story matters and it, your story doesn't end. Once you get out of uniform, and, and as you heard from a lot of our a lot of the guests that we had, I mean, their stories began before they were in uniform, and I think all the services have this, but I think the Marine Corps in particular—it's the it's the culture that I know. Um, it really, especially as we're looking at force design and we're talking about talent management. I mean, could you imagine if we had to retain some of these critical thinkers, these entrepreneurs? Uh, The things that we would be able to do, uh, especially as we're looking at, you know, the great power competition. I mean, these are the types of people that we need to be going after and then obviously retaining. Because look at what they did when they came out of uniform. I mean, there there wasn't just this, like, across the spectrum. Um, You know, we had Benji Manabog, who was just took that, everything the Marine Corps gave him prior to joining the, everything that the Marine Corps gave him, and now he's applying it to his future endeavors. Paul Greaves is like literally changing how, you know, he's on the forefront of how we're changing the way we look at agriculture and farming. Uh, Nick Colt, I mean, dude, that guy, I, I, I can't uh, tell you how unbelievable he is, and he's still doing all this great work for the city of Long Beach. And, and um, yeah, I mean, the list goes, Aaron Sullivan, Aaron Sullivan just yeah. can't stop
0: making things happen. So
1: it was just, it was such a great time. It was really.
0: All right. And then, uh, before we go to our quick, uh, commercial break for our listeners who aren't in California, how are gas prices? Um, they are challenging. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, um, if, if, get a Sam's Club membership. I guess is where <laughs> I'm going with that. Because if you go to a normal pump, man, you're looking at 650 just for 87 for regular. Yeah. Or if you have a you know 65,000, you can just drop, just buy a Tesla. Get the Tesla. Yeah. Very, yeah. very easy. Very simple. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, It pays for itself after a few years, I think.
0: And if you are in Quantico or nearabouts, uh, Virginia's got a new gas tax coming in that was passed two years ago. So pay at the pump. Uh, It's a pain in the gas. Pain in the gas. (laughs) Oh, Vic, it's good to have you back. Dad jokes, (laughs) yep. (laughs) All right, so without any further ado, we'll let uh, Nancy talk to us a little bit about Service Credit Union and be with you guys on the other side.
2: This episode of Scuttlebutt is sponsored by Service Credit Union. Our friends at Service Credit Union have been serving military, veterans, and their families for over 65 years. You might know that they provide mortgages, including VA loans as well as auto and personal loans. But did you know that they now have a loan specifically for the iBot mobility device? For those who don't know, the iBot is a revolutionary device that goes above and beyond what a traditional mobility device can do. It can go up curbs, navigate stairs and snow, and even rise up to 6 feet. Of course, this device also comes with a high cost that isn't usually covered by insurance. So Service Credit Union has stepped in to help provide its members with financing, with no money down and terms up to 72 months. For more details, visit servicecu.org iBot.
0: All right, guys, is that an ad read or is that an ad read? Love it. It is an ad read. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Thanks again to Service Credit Union for uh, joining us. They are the first uh, company to jump on. Yeah, board. it was. That's so, so cool, man. That they wanted to
1: support us and what we're doing. So thank you to them.
0: All right, and then uh, so kind of in the news today, uh, news today, kind of like it's kind of been building up and brewing for a while. Uh, Marine Corps Doctrine Plan, MCDP. Marine Corps doctrinal publication, publication, eight. publication number eight. Yeah, this is the problem with the vernacular. <laughs> like, when we
1: when when acronyms become the way that we speak, uh, they lose meaning. Yeah. Well, I, when I w- I was at uh, Advanced Armor, which is now a maneuver captain's course, um, the the CEO of the schoolhouse came in and, and people were talking. Obviously, he's asked us questions, people talk and everyone was responding in acronyms. He just stopped us, and then anytime you used one, you'd have to define it. In order to continue talking, I wish our <laughs> office did that. And luckily, there are a lot. But I mean, it was it was funny to see how many soldiers and the, the the only other Marine that was in the course with me like would stumble over like even something like Oodaloop. Like um, it's uh in yeah, you couldn't keep talking unless you could actually speak uh, to t- say with them. so. Yeah, MCDP.
3: Yeah, as, as the civilian in the editing process for Gizet, <laughs> I always just like Vic, what is this? I, I I've stopped even trying because there's so many overlapping ones too. It's like
1: the sad thing is, is yeah, there's so many overlapping, but yeah, I'm embarrassed to admit how many
0: times I have to just go into a Google search yeah. <laughs> and, and pray to God it's the right. And one. So much yeah. of it is kind of redundant because there's a Mick everything, right? Everything is Scottish. It's a it's a Mick DP, it's a Mick PP, it's a Mick yeah uh. <laughs> or an x there's always or an x at the yeah.
3: end yeah so i'm um, touching it so for those who are uh who are, are lovely marine listeners in uh june of 2022 uh we re- they release mcdpa information and, add, and uh, which coincides with adding information as the seventh war fighting function and so for those who have not read it yet uh it's actually pretty unique and um different document compared to a lot of the MCDPs. And actually, here's one of my excerpt for uh, why you should read this and why it's important and also continually reread it. Um, I quote, this publication must therefore be updated with a frequency that keeps it relevant. It is not, a checklist that is, not, is not a checklist and does not contain all the answers. It should be read from cover to cover to provide a baseline for all Marines. How we employ this foundation is limited only by the creativity, ingenuity, and foresight of all Marines all of whom are partitioners of the theories and applications discussed within these pages. Every Marine has a role in information. Therefore, every Marine should focus on their role as discussed in this publication, whether as a commander, planner, or squad member. It, it's it's. I have read parts of it. I have I have I briefly skimmed over to, to get a feel of it, but it's 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 like MCDP-1. It's very um, written for, for a variety of, of your... Uh, educational level, a, a like I said, a squad member or planner or commander could read this and, and disseminate it very well. And the idea that it is actually will, will hopefully be continually updated with new and relevant context and information because it, it's twenty twenty two baby. Information's running at the speed of, of of chaos at this point. So to to try to stay up to date in this in this field and it's it's a it's a good thing that the Marine Corps decided to go ahead and do this, especially the fact that I mean as we're seeing in uh, The Ukraine-Russia war, which we'll discuss later, that information is 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 a weapon, is a tool, and it needs to be uh,
0: taken with great consideration. Now, the Marine Corps has been operating in the information space for decades, right? Well, so why is it now that we have a document for
1: it? Let's clarify uh, what we mean by information, Um, and I think it's it's important to differentiate. Information as a war fighting function by what we have been doing uh, for the past—I mean, I would say longer. I would say, you know, even it's something as simple as dropping pamphlets
0: um, in, like in Nicaragua,
1: right? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, well, yeah. hell, yeah. It, to that case, I mean, you talk about uh, Noriega, you know. I mean, just blasting Black Sabbath for forty-eight hours until he just gives up. I mean, that is a form of information. But we were—we were very limited. Uh, Sort of in our even understanding, um, we, uh, you know, one of the ways that we integrated it uh, going into Phantom Fury, you were dropping pamphlets, letting them know, hey, we're coming in. Uh, You got, you know, anybody after this date that's still here, we're going to consider a combatant and it's going to be on, Uh, which, you know, helped move a lot of folks out and obviously opened up avenues for a maneuver but um, we just really didn't understand the synergy or even the what it meant to have non-kinetic effects on the battlefield Um, when i was with rct5 um, after i was my time in marja i got moved up to take over the effect cell for the rct5 and i had an information officer i had uh non-governmental representatives and we were really trying to look at this sort of holistic approach to what it meant to use non-kinetics as in the same way that you would use kinetic fires and to, to have effects on the battlefield that would shape uh, you know f- sort of the campaign plan or help facilitate the campaign plan um and but I mean I I wasn't an I/O guy obviously uh, I'm an AM tracker and so a lot of what we were doing was OJT and there was nothing doctrinal it was really just who's who who sort of for lack of a better term who gets it mm-hmm. and then put them in with get some other subject matter experts within that sort of cell that staff and that works with your intel cell and all this stuff to help shape the battlefield, but really even just talking about it, like what does it really mean to shape a battlefield? I think that's what MCDP-8 yeah. is doing here. Yeah,
3: so to answer your question, Nick, um, it really, it, it, it especially in, in chapter, first chapter, really explains, because the term information, how it's used and how it's applied for the Marine Corps has very different meanings. So uh, again, uh, all Marines, uh, you were asked to read this. You should read this, for the love of God, as the taxpaying American God-fearing <laughs> citizen of this country, I ask you to read it. But uh, some quick spark notes for you. So how information I- is used and understood according to MCDP-8. It has several d- uh, definitions. So for instance, start off with information as an instrument of national power, um, more like grand scope uh, of how information is applied. Then you have command and control. So how information is used on like for the more specific like, military, mil- Marine Corps unit level. Um, and then you have the information environment. So th- where, where information plays into like social, cultural, psychological technical physical factors for, for for just the general like the the area where you're operating in information advantages uh essentially uh, uh, to quote unquote marines apply or maneuver warfare philosophy to gain and maximize advantages over competitors or adversaries information advantage is an exploitable condition resulting from one's uh one actor's ability to generate pr- preserve deny and project information more effectively than other and then the final uh information term they use is information as a warfighting function, which again uh, plays into uh, es- essentially uh, how uh, Marines can apply information warfighting to create and exploit information advantages in pursuit of mission objectives.
0: So, yeah, in the macro, that makes sense. Uh, so where are we... Okay, so it, we're looking at a lot of things with the Marine Corps changing forces on 2030 EABO. Where do we try and envision doctrinizing information in like an uh, EABO environment. So I guess I, I, I would
1: refer back to our conversation we had with Annie Milburn. Um, I, a lot of what we do in uh, application, because the understanding like this is, we're still very much into the lab work of this stuff. So, I mean, you know, we got the Bunsen burners on our beakers going yeah. and we're combining stuff together and see what actually, you know, where the reactions are occurring. And unfortunately, and I, and I think the Marine Corps is making a shift now to um, take out some of the sterile sort of control of our uh, training evolutions, all of these X's that we talked about, where intelligence and information are sort of already baked in to the calculus and so commanders don't really have to flex that muscle because it's already sort of there like they're force fed the information and and the evaluators are really just looking at how battle staff sort of disseminate that and get it down at the field level which is all you have to see that like but when it comes to sausage making you know when you know your ingredients you know if you put together all these things i know i'm going to get a brat. Yeah. Or if I put all these things together, I'm going to get a hot Italian or whatever. But when you ha- when you start having more nebulous or ambiguous um, controls, then you can really see, like, all right, well, you know, if you take these certain things and it processes through the battle staff, is it the battle staff really having to exercise or are they just falling into a predetermined sort of scripted sort of thing? And so I guess it's sort of a long way to say that, like, I'm not really sure – Necessarily, what it's going to look like, we have our theories, uh, but until we really have a a no kidding um, war game, and we have uh, these training exercises that really challenge commanders to utilize these staffs, because that was one of the things that Andy was talking about, is that every time they would go through the debriefs, like you have these SM, you have these SMEs, these subject matter experts on your staffs, but you're not using them. Yeah. Or you just have them as watch officers or something like that. Yep. And so, like, where – when it comes time to do this stuff, where – are you even going to know how to? And you know, we talk about his experiences battling ISIS where, I mean, he even has something – you know, a smart guy who knows web stuff going in there and basically trolling ISIS websites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know I mean? That's awesome. But, I mean, that's that's sort of that really ingenuity, that outside-the-box sort of Thinking that uh, it's going to require, and I think MCDP eight here is going to really encourage commanders, uh, but also the, the the Marines themselves need to understand that this is what the Marine Corps is looking for, and to sort of offer up their their expertise. Yeah. Yeah. To,
3: to be more specific to your question about like EABO and relating to MCDP eight, I mean it's the idea that like a lot of these expeditionary advanced bases, sorry, expeditionary advance bases are going to be in places where people live there. So, like, what means and modes of communication, how do they get their information, where do they get for information are things that would drastically need to be considered in a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can even, if you were to apply it, and I'm just obviously thinking very hypothetically here, but, I mean, if you're concerned about having to do resupplies on an EAB, because it's obviously not supposed to be there, you'd have to send out an information campaign uh, across, you know, various mediums that would talk up an exercise so that when a resupply barge or whatever however you would do it would come into that area it would just look like it's part of this like bilateral multilateral training exercise so you could do drop off resupply stuff and not have it sort of skyline the eab that's on this place that's not supposed to be and this also like that so
3: this could be like also the start of our part of the next part of our discussion um on the way here i was i was listening to um a podcast updating on like the ukraine war and talking about how um a lot of civilians uh, there's i guess like applications or, or some web f- space where civilians can report like oh there is a you know russian tank in my yard there's a i see infantry moving this position and you can re- re- relay that information back to the ukrainian military so this idea uh, this this um Brings in also like the issue of like now are our, our, our civilians general targets because of just sure. the way social media is to relay information on your phone? Um, so, so is that and, information
0: it, it, or is that intelligence? Yes, well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yes, it's yes. <laughs> so, uh,
1: uh, another way that you could think about it is, is if I mean, a, a really great model, and, and granted, the mediums at this point maybe are antiquated, but the Arab Spring. I mean that didn't just spark up because of some like dedicated campaign obviously it hit like almost a dozen countries mm-hmm. uh, all spread through very open source mediums like WhatsApp and and Twitter and and uh, Facebook and and things like nature so I mean these and that was a strict I mean a straight information mm-hmm. campaign yeah. um that that created that now now where it's not nested within something more strategic and it's not nested within a campaign plan is you saw then the implosion of all of these regimes so I mean within you know a very short time you had celebration of a democratized Arab uh, you know an Arab spring of democratized nations all of a sudden becoming hotbeds for uh, uh, extremist activity and the reason is is because those efforts aren't nested within a larger strategic yeah. campaign.
3: And plan. also on top of that I mean those those insurgencies were able to use the information, the information, to, to use the information to be, yeah. environment yeah. to get control of it and going back to to Ukraine you can make the the an argument that that you, Ukraine's ability to to control the information environment to a large degree especially being on the defensive has given them a, 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 has gave them a, a great advantage over Russia especially in the initial phase of the war. Yeah.
1: And you can really force an uh, an, op- an opponent to reveal a lot about itself. And so, you know, uh, the Gazette has been talking a lot about this, and I- I've really liked a lot of the articles that are coming on the pike. But one of the things that we need to revisit that we haven't really since World War II, or at least not at the the, the operational and tactical level, is deception operations. When you talk information ops, man, deception is a huge weapon in your toolbox because one of the ways – like, hey, I don't know where – Air defense radars, may be. So then you just plug a bunch of information using various means, either tactile or, or uh, on, uh, you know, cyberspace, that then gets them to react. Yeah. And then potentially reveal positions. And that's that's a huge thing, and that's something we'll also have as we're talking EABs. We'll definitely have to be cognizant of so that we're not constantly revealing our positions over and over again.
0: Yeah. Like a good historical example of that, I guess, would be World War One when all the information America got from the fronts came through England. Well, I think what was the so, one that we read in the, the article?
1: I think it was Tinian, the island. Yeah. Where they the deception operation had the Japanese absolutely completely fooled, had moved like two divisions down to a southern port and they the, the Americans ended up landing at the northern part which was totally canalizing only lost like 500 guys and took out like 5,000 Japanese because it completely had them deceived and fooled about where they were going to make their landing
0: yeah yeah so a lot of a lot of Important reasons to make sure the informa- you're on the winning side of information. Absolutely. Both able to disseminate and translate what's coming back, like be able to defensively yeah. and handle e- the other teams. And we're and looking it, yeah. at
1: in an EAB. It, again, yeah. every Marine needs to read this because when you're a company or a battalion alone and completely afraid, <laughs> you need every Marine with his head on a swivel yeah. when it comes to this stuff.
0: Yeah, because if you're uh, running up against a fanatical communist regime, like... They could send anything they want at you information-wise. They could just overwhelm did, but, yeah. you. They yeah. could just overwhelm you. And, so you know, your closest
1: response. As of this point, as far as we understand EABO, I mean, your closest response could be, as fu- you know, you could be in the South China Sea, and your closest response would be in Darwin, Australia, or up in Korea. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to be... Gonna have yeah. to handle that yeah. for a little while. <laughs> yeah.
3: And the best way to handle it is read MCDPA information as soon as possible and disseminate. And also Boom. look 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 forward for updates because again, like this is this is not something you can re- remain stagnant on. Um, it, it it will be updated, hopefully hopefully regularly. Yeah. So just just to uh, to keep in touch with it.
0: Okay. All right, so MCDP-8 information is the seventh pillar of warfare. How would you phrase that? So, no, so
3: information is the seventh
0: warfighting function. function yeah. Forighting function, okay. All right, got to make sure I get my nomenclature right. <laughs> now I'm confused because there's seven <laughs> functions but eight MCDPs. And the, and the best
3: way to get your nomenclature <laughs> right is to read a Marine Corps Gazette and yeah. Leatherneck, but uh, mostly
1: Gazette. <laughs> uh, well, because uh, uh, MCDP-7 is learning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Just kind of a function, right? Like oh, I would hope so. <laughs> 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 it's continuous <laughs> like chow, man. Yeah. It's continuous. <laughs> All right. Anything uh stand out in there that you want to mention uh beyond you know the preamble?
3: Again, I mean uh I understanding the going back, understanding that the terms of information is important going for us. So I I definitely uh, recommend dwelling and potentially rereading uh especially chapter one. But they also I like it because what I've seen like they go into like they try to do vignettes and and uh, how to to get their points across, which I which especially if you read the, read the Marine Corps Gazette, it's a very good way to to teach new ideas and concepts through storytelling to make an argument. So again, you... it's 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 an easy read, it's a good read. Please read it.
1: Yeah, that, that's sort of that's sort of like meta. Because you need to underst- you need to read the narrative to sort of understand the narrative. And obviously, information operations has a very distinct narrative. Mm-hmm. And for any of us fans of storytelling, there has to be an arc. Again, there's nothing superfluous <laughs> in information operations, man. It all matters. Uh, so, yeah.
0: All right. So, MCDP ate the hottest bit of new Marine Corps news. Um, now let's look at the hottest little bit of new military and general news. We got two new allies... On the docket to join NATO. Yeah. Uh, So for those who don't know, Sweden and Finland have been – they've pretty much gone through the initial phases of joining NATO. And now we're just – Yeah, Turkey signed off on it. Yeah, Turkey signed off on it. So every member of NATO has now accepted that they will be able to join NATO. Now there's a bunch of, you know, uh, terms and, yeah, yeah, like how much do they have to contribute and all this kind of stuff to be worked out. But – Got some Scandinavian countries joining NATO. That's, that's pretty fresh.
1: It's interesting, uh, especially as we're talking about nested campaign plans, I would suggest <laughs> that I don't think it was in Russia's end state yeah. that by attacking Ukraine that we would add two more countries to NATO. Um so yeah, I think that's an inter- very very interesting development, um, and it really as as we start to unpack things that are going on in Ukraine, I think it's a real head scratcher at this point as to why Russia even wants to continue this invasion. It yeah, seems
0: they're doubling down on a dying energy brand, that being oil. Yeah, it's. We're uh, <laughs> up to ten percent of global energy is produced by wind and solar.
2: Let's get those, those um, rookie numbers. Those are Let's, rookie numbers. <laughs> Let's get them up. Uh, I think
0: we're globally at seven percent nuclear. Um, also, get those rookie numbers yeah, yeah. way up. I don't know what we really got to invest in nuclear, but uh, as, it's, it's as the but Simpsons, uh, man, the
3: Simpsons yeah. turned off an entire generation um, of nuclear. Well, there was. <laughs> there's, uh, this Homer Simpson is your
1: QC guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a documentary that responds to the recent one about Three Mile Island that kind of talks about how they. are that whole situation, just from a PR standpoint, <laughs> as far as the nuclear industry is concerned, was just completely boondoggled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's a. Into, there, it
1: was on Netflix. I'm sure you can find it somewhere else, but I thought it was called uh, Meltdown. Uh, well, there was another one. It was called uh, Pandora's. It's not Pandora's box. That's the that would be too <laughs> on the nose. But it was like uh, it is Pandora's whatever, and it does talk a lot about how uh, how the sort of the boondoggle of the the nuclear rollout and how, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they just really let some of these other industries
0: um, tank them Yeah, when at the end of the day, it's probably the yeah. um, best way to go. You, when you see the numbers for what the output is for fossil fuels, as far as what's getting in the air, as far as just radiation yeah, uh, versus everything that comes out of every nuclear power plant on Earth since nuclear power plants have been introduced doesn't add up to what fossil fuels put out in an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and there's just so much like so. And,
1: and there's so much empirical like uh, intuitive empirical disinformation I'll yeah. say. And it have being someone that surfed right near uh when you feel that warm water Coming out of there is hard not to think that it's fucking yep. nuclear charge, right? Yep. But it's, it's just warm water because it yep. has to cool the coils. Yep. But, um, yeah, you're always just like, oh, I'm losing, you know, my ability to reproduce at this moment.
0: <laughs> uh, well, recently, too, they started doing uh, some of their uh, high uh, – the the high radiation storage above ground just because it's so encased and so safe. People saw that, like, just because you can see it from the hills. Yeah. Like, is that nuclear waste out there? And they started protesting outside of it, but, like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, so it's... uh, um, Well, this was a tangent. Um, The point is Russia is doubling down on oil. Supposedly, they needed to secure Crimea for that. And while they're at it, they're like, well, Ukraine should be in Russia anyway because bread and oil, like... I don't, I don't out know. out It, it right really now? feels like it w- it's always Occam's razor. It's like, yeah, so there's probably all these other tertiary things going on, but you boil it down, energy. So uh, it was the way they controlled Europe, and Europe was uh, changing, and they needed more of the energy. So it uh, feels like that's what's going on. That's kind of the prevailing narrative right now. And yeah, it doesn't make sense because they're like, "Oh, don't join NATO." Well, everybody's joining NATO. Switzerland's re-examining being in the EU. Like, well, I mean now, yeah. I mean the
1: the Ukraine's going to the EU process. Yeah, they're uh, going through switzerland right Switzerland's so.
0: got it started. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So. It just
1: really it's it's a real head scratcher, man. I, I, I it would be so easy to just chalk it up to like ineptitude but yeah. I, that's not fair Well, that's I think not they, accurate I, I not think the, when studying history especially
3: military history the thing when, whenever you start a war it's never going to go the way you plan it to go v- very seldomly d- does that ever happen so I think I mean looking how Russia has conducted the war uh, from start to where it is now um, I don't think that they foresaw A lasting this long B being as bloody as it was and C devolving the way it has starting off um, uh, I guess going deep into our conversation you know I, I think that Russia kind of had like a they looked at uh, i think the uh invasion of uh the the not what, sorry uh not iraqi freedom um desert storm they used i, I think they used desert storm as a model to how they can quickly topple um a, a foreign country Oh, and yeah sorry and iraqi freedom actually yeah um yeah, as, as the initial invasion yeah, yeah like the, initial, days, the initial the yeah. invasion part but like they, okay we this is how we can topple a foreign regime relatively quickly unfortunately they didn't have the 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 training the material the expertise necessary to to do like a, a maneuver as victory to do a quick knockout punch and then as a consequence of that it's become more attritional as we saw um recently because uh, as of uh, i believe this past weekend the Ru- uh, the russians have taken the city of again i'm an american i'm doing my best please double check not only our sources but um our pronunciation They've taken the city of Lushansk? Luhansk.
0: Luhansk. 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 Um, Let's just pronounce it how we see it. Luhansk. Luhansk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is a city and a region, so it gets confusing sometimes. It does, but uh, so and it a river, I think. Are you talking
1: there? about Lysychansk? Yes.
0: Luh- okay. and, then, and then there's there's the, that's, that's the one of the twin towns, right? There's another there's one right across the river from it.
1: Luhansk, Luhansk is the region. Th- yeah. Yes, but Lysychansk. Shit. Guys, why
0: didn't we not study Ukrainian uh, yeah. geography in fourth grade? A failure we of the a education system. <laughs> we <came laughs> to <the booth> today. <laughs> but
3: yeah, so yeah. A, in all seriousness, so the Russians recently took Lyschenkiv in a long, uh, drawn out attritional battle, and what it's what they attempted to do originally, you know, use armored mechanized unit, uh, airborne forces to make deep penetrations and hopefully collapse the Ukrainian command system failed. So now they've devolved to what Russians are really good at. If you look at Grozny, for example, just blow the place to fucking hell, yeah, and just then level it. and then you march your infantry in, and then I mean you're going to take casualties in the process of doing it. Consolidate your gains, and then look for look for another like you know bite and hold kind of, uh, reminiscent of. Um, uh, again, it's terrifying to think of the implications of this if 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 larger conflicts were to happen. But because of the parity of technology between Ukraine and Russia, they're very very similar, and. You, go, you can make the argument that the technology has evolved so quickly that they don't know how to use it. And it's kind of a very much similar to like a World War One situation where it, because you have created you know such great killing power on the surface, you know the safest place on the battlefield is in a six foot hole and so you see like a lot of like almost like reinvention of of trench warfare happening in ukraine and russia relying heavily on attrition and and artillery with a long logistical train in order to support
0: that yeah and then you give ukraine some high mars which kind of have the range to fire back now we didn't give them very many i think we gave them what six but like that changes the game a little bit out there too because they can't just one
1: Mm -hmm. one uh pod or whatever the launcher system is called i mean covers an entire grid square yeah of effects. I mean so that it's, it's a gnarly mm-hmm. indirect fire tool. Whereas obviously like a triple seven, which they have I think in the thirties, then they have thirty something. They got them, a bunch of them recently, yeah. Um, you know, it obviously it's it's a point mm-hmm. like you Give them yeah, a 10 yeah. digit grid and it's going to hit that
0: yeah it's that and that's a that's a battery fire too where you yeah, roll yeah, up yeah. shoot and get out of town before yeah they, you're yeah, adjusting fires yeah you're, yeah you're
1: doing calls for fire uh yeah with a high mars man you just sort of
0: yeah it's <laughs> just like i think they're in this yeah. region don't worry we yeah, got this it's it's the, this <laughs> yeah. not a precision thing it's a touch screen you can put a big fat thumb on there yeah, and they're yeah. like there it is actually I haven't been inside once so i doubt that but uh, well, I mean, the consequence. De- though, it, it's, it's it's, devastating. It's, yeah. I mean,
3: Ukraine it, on both sides has become a meat grinder, and in like the, the most horrible way to think about. It. I mean, I, I've I've seen reports where it's like somewhere between um, 100 to 200 Ukrainians or di- soldiers are dying per day. Yeah, I saw that. Not not counting, I've seen some sources estimate that around like 800 to 1,000 between or 500 to a thousand like wounded per day as well. Russian sources were obviously not going to get much on them, but I mean, judging by footage and reports, it can't be, be be pretty.
1: I mean, I think it was as of April they had lost more in those few months than we had lost in the entire twenty-year mm-hmm. war.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're casual. I mean, if you go just go on Wikipedia, with use a variety of sources. It's between like ten to thirty-six. I think Ukrainians say that we've killed thirty-six thousand Russians. I think uh, U.S. or U.K. estimates are around between you know, ten to sixteen thousand, rough estimates. But, I mean, regardless, in a in 130-some-day war, those aren't numbers you
0: want to be seeing. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Russia will report a lot of well, – they won't report on, like, um, pro-Russian, like, Donetskians or right. Uh, Georgians. Right, or, the – Not Georgians. The um, separatist forces. Yeah, like the Ossessions, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: – It's interesting, too, I guess going back to what you were saying, uh, William, uh, which I think is, is really good insight – on, you know, I think Michael, uh, Dr. Hunziker talked about this, how it's really hard to use like sort of these brush fire wars as um, uh, an opportunity for learning and to use that as a model to then tailor your own forces. And I think that he, once again, his insight sort of proves out because if you want to look at so things that we had done or the West had done um, – and then looking at Russia's own history in Georgia and Chechnya. Um, the, the one thing about that is is that, the, and, it, and obviously World According to Vic, but where they may have lost sight of, or they may have gotten too inflated with their own successes, was that those regions are isolated from the West. Mm-hmm. You, you can level Grozny, because no one from the West is coming in to, to support and that. And this also yeah. in
3: a time where, where social media and news was nowhere
0: near it is. Sure, yeah. information yeah. operations were not what they we were. They would just see the pictures yeah. in the AP every once in a while be like, wow, that sucks. But I don't like, really yeah, have the impact, impact of yeah. it. Right?
1: But then you do it in a country that is not only connected with Europe but has ideo- ide- ideology, has an um, identity. Uh, is actively trying to Westernize. Actively trying to Westernize. Um, has a very pro-Western government. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's it's a calculus man that you have to consider. Um and, you know, yeah, and are, they definitely
0: right? have won the PR war uh Ukraine has um to the point where people are crowdfunding yeah. Uh, drones, drones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, even though they crowdfunded them and then the Turkish company uh I don't have the note right in front of me, it starts with a B, uh just donated them. They're like, yeah, don't we don't want it's, your money. We're just going to give them to them. Yeah. So,
1: which uh, that's a Yeah. What is it? Yeah, the Bayrektar. Yeah, Bayraktar? The, that's the name of the drone. So oh, yeah, I can't remember the company, okay, the company name actually. Um, um, yeah, which we saw um, how devastating the Turkish uh, UAS stuff was in the um, the clash between uh, Armenia and mm-hmm. Azerbaijan. Yeah, in the Akhtash. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that actually kind of just uh, just to kind of move ourselves along here because we wanted to talk about. Uh, recent Gazette Marinus article. Yeah, uh, about how Russia. He, he they're arguing that Russia is doing a form of maneuver warfare, and you guys well, both kind of well, challenged that. What, one of one of the Marinus is is
3: a, is a a collaboration of several. Um, so for context, uh, Marinus is a collaboration of several. We'll say experts or or relevant figures in, in the field, and and um, they switch the conversation away from talking about Marine Corps maneuver warfare. To now, uh, like, the the Russian-Ukraine conflict. So, they have, I believe, Vic, they've released two articles so far on, on uh, like, part one and part two on the Russian-Ukraine. And, yeah, you have a bone to pick one of the articles, What what's up?
1: So, I understand where uh, Marinus is coming from. But basically what they did in, was it 22? Marinus 22? Is they tried to look at... The most recent one. The most recent one, yeah. I think it was regardless, the, most, mm-hmm. the one that's on the shelves uh, currently, um, it is they try to look at the Russian, try to look at this invasion from the Russian standpoint and to make the argument that really it, it looks like a total cluster, but actually what they were doing is maneuver warfare. They, they don't go so far, so far as to say effective maneuver warfare, but they do try to make the argument that it is a form of. And the argument that Marinus makes is, is that by Diverting all the attention towards Kiev and attacking from the north, that it forced the Ukrainians to dedicate their forces to that northern front, which then opened the gap for them to then really execute what it is they're trying to do. And that is to annex and uh, bring in all of the southern uh, countries you know, or, or territories, the Donbass region, yeah. the Donbass, yeah. and all going out to Odessa even, I think – is what Marinus they is arguing. The whole coast, yeah, yeah they take out, take the coast, get their warm weather port, and to bring in those ethnic Russians into the fold and then call it a day. And I guess m- m- maybe on, uh, uh, you know, as a uh, thought experiment, sure, that could work. I guess the bone that I have to pick or where I take sort of issue with that analysis is, is that uh, if we talk, Maneuver warfare versus attrition warfare is, is that if once you realize that this gap is a surface, you have to adjust. And the fact that they have taken the, – the, the, the effort in the north was a complete disaster, even through the lens of, mm-hmm. of, of, of a deception operation or a, a feint or something that would you know essentially draw – these forces away when you look then at the success that they've had in the south you have to just wonder like okay maybe again on paper that seemed like a good idea but now that we're in the execution phase and you're completely um unable to adjust and to um change what it is you're doing to you they're no longer looking for Surfaces and gaps. They're just going full steam ahead. And so, uh, and maybe it's more to your point, William, about hey, they're looking at these things and they're trying to mimic it, but they don't have the ability to do that. And that's why uh, this is going on. But I, I would argue that maybe what on paper can be seen as a form of maneuver warfare, I would say that it quickly devolved into attrition warfare and their inability to, to adapt and overcome of uh, the resistance they got through the Ukrainians has shown that this is, if, if, it's, if, an ar- if it's an argument for maneuver warfare, then it's a poor argument for maneuver yeah, warfare. Yeah, well, it also, yeah. it
3: could be highlighting the risks of maneuver warfare. And as you mentioned, like, realizing that, like, this gap is not a gap, this gap's a surface, and that's this surface is, or a gap, or this other surface is a stronger surface than we thought it would be. So their inability to, to pivot yeah. and actually apply, I, I, apply, I mean, apply it in and how it's supposed to be realizing that you need to make changes on the go based on the information you're getting and the results of your of, of your movements ha, has been it, it, it could be a, a great I mean again like because we're, we're still talking to speculative and historians are going to be debating this from years sure, to come after sure. um but the, the, the but it could have been I believe in aspiration they wanted to mimics what a lot of Western countries have have been able to successfully pull off but in, in failing to actually have the means to do that to mm-hmm. do maneuver warfare um yeah it, it, it's they're back to the to the default
1: yeah you know I, th- I think that's that's good I, yeah I, I just i think about um you know uh combat learning mm-hmm. or dying to learn uh dr hunziker's book and, and sort of uh maybe maybe i i could be losing the forest through the you know mm-hmm. uh losing the forest to the trees uh and that there is learning and that there is adaptation occurring it's just happening at such a micro level but i i will say though that when you're considering maneuver warfare or you're trying to look at things through maneuver warfare and even going back to our earlier discussion about the mcdps is, is that you have to look at all of the things that are in, that are incorporated into maneuver and it's not just the flot it's not just the forward line of troops like there's Service support, there's mm-hmm. mutually supporting efforts that have to play in. And we see that, like, the Russians seemingly cannot support something as complex as maneuver warfare because they can't, they've they failed to support logistically a lot mm-hmm. of this, especially when you're talking about um, uh, like maneuveration on no multiple level. fronts. I would even say it's strategic because one of the things they did, if you were to look at it as Marinus did, like, hey, there's this northern front, then we're going to sort of sweep and do a big hook there in the, in the bottom like We've diverted all your forces this way. Now we're going to come and, and, and take you from the side on a flanking and development. They lost their logistics. And so what ended up happening is, is that those forces in the center, when they weren't taken, they just moved a few miles over and cut their lines. Yeah. I mean, all the way to the Russian border. Um, and so I don't know how. That's maybe that's maneuver. Maybe it's not very good maneuver mm-hmm. when you shift your forces south and then they get cut off. Well, I even mean, like attrition
0: yeah. warfare, you have to maneuver. So like you're gonna draw a line in there right. somewhere. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so at what macro, meso, micro level is like? Can you even look at it? Like, because that is there has to be a, a very strategic. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a very strategic well, move to try and say that. I think our faint. From Belarus, I put air quotes up for the faint guys. Uh, <laughs> this is an audio medium. Our faint from Belarus, which where we had what was it, forty-five thousand Russian stretched troops? Stretched over. Yeah, like forty miles coming in Let's with with logistical backing from Lukashenko and the Belarusian uh, war machine. War machine government, like I don't know, um, probably one and the same. Uh, could not penetrate. And stay like they got yeah they just were slapped side to side and they had initiative they had certain advantages to that just completely fail you wouldn't could you in that maneuver environment argue that those losses are acceptable like that isn't that feels well, can, very attrition can, can to I me. put just yeah. a pause
3: like let's 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 clarify some terms because like understanding the difference between maneuver and attrition warfare is. I mean, uh, it took me it took me years as and actually, you no, know, taking the time as a Gazette editor to actually read these documents, really get it. There is maneuver and attrition warfare, and there is attrition and maneuver warfare. But the idea is, it, I think, the key difference between the two is 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 the mindset which you go forth. Where in maneuver warfare, your idea is you're attacking your enemy cognitively, and then attrition, it, it's more physically. Um, and so, like so so, th- part of attacking them cognitively is, is having a command structure that allows for flexibility and initiative. Rather, when attritionally, it's more, um, it's still rather top down.
1: Yep, so maneuver, I guess, in an in a, in a overly simplistic version would be you're attacking the will of the enemy to fight versus mm-hmm. attrition where you're attacking their material. Or the ground and, and, where they're located you're, you're, at. You're trying to incapacitate them to continue to fight. Or you, you're, incapac- you're both are trying to incapacitate them. It's just one, you're incapacitating their morale, their mental faculties. The other one, you're actually attacking mm-hmm. facilities.
0: Yeah. So it feels like then they're making an attempt at one while doing the other because they were landing troops at airfields. They were shelling the city. They were... Yeah, so shock like, and awe is, like, yeah, the bumper
1: sticker, yeah. right, from maneuver Warfare, that, like, I'm so shocked and awe that I can't well, yeah, function. Yeah. Like, no matter what I do, I will lose, so I'm just going to stop you, fighting. You start so, so many you... mental
3: fires faster than they could put out where the entire thing just is unable to sustain itself because right and then there's no cohesion.
1: Attrition would eventually be like, oh, I'm going to fight you, and then I just get bl- bludgeoned and, like, I can't fight you anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... There might be some, uh, because you know, warfare and political warfare and economic yeah. warfare are also interlinked these days. That might have not been a supportable maneuver warfare maneuver that just was attrition warfare. But as a result, like, uh, does I that thi- make sense? Going like, back to, to my earlier comment, I think the the problem was they
3: they strove for maneuver warfare, but they were it was being fought by attritionists.
0: Mm. Okay.
3: Like, because again, like I don't, I don't. Again, I'm making assumptions. I'm making educated guesses based on the information I've seen. Again, please, everyone, do your own research. Do do everything for what. For what, I, what it seems like, it's just like there, there wasn't a lot of um, initiative taking uh, down the lower ranks. It was very structured. I mean, especially looking at at the drive to Kiev, it's almost like Operation Market Garden. It was just like like the one road from that direction from the city, and it's very easy to sever those lines of communication mm-hmm. and cause havoc along the way, um, and then. And so but, so, but because there was there was not enough initiative shown, and because uh, again, it, it was a very tight command structure, it it, it it failed. And then, looking again towards the uh, sorry, uh, the eastern side of the conflict, it was pretty much,
0: um, bomb them into submission. Just
3: yeah, it, it, it became it came, again, like going back to, to yeah. Karazny, it, it was just a rinse and repeat of traditional, like, you know, Russian doctrine, like understanding, like, yeah, we have weight in numbers, we have weight in power, we have a better logistical train. Than Ukraine at this moment and so they realized that we can we can we can send more men in and we can bomb you. So they yeah. did
1: that. Yeah. And I guess to your point though, Nick, like looking it's also problematic to look at the results. And I, I, I fall victim to this mm-hmm. as well. Um again, you know, talking about dying to learn, like it's very easy to sort of just toss out the German doctrine and their learning, uh their combat learning because they lost World mm-hmm. War One. Yeah. Uh, when you But when you actually look at it, like, well, actually, they did more. They just didn't have as much stuff. Or they were just in sort of a really disadvantaged position to begin with, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I think in a one way, it's really easy to look at sort of what's going on in Ukraine and be like, man, the Russians are like, – they're a football bat. Like they have no idea what they're doing. Um, but but they, maybe there is a, a, a well, lens. Well, you could,
3: realizing that they're good at attrition and warfare – has 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 gotten them results now. Rather, those results have are, 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 definitely have, have achieved them some tactical success. Strategic success is, is 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 success is less to be seen at the moment. I don't think we can judge exactly even what the it is. But even the tactical
1: success is like if we were to look at it the way that Marinus wants us to look mm-hmm. at it, or put he wants he wants to to give us uh, to explore that. Like, all right, so let's just take, I guess, where they're at. So they they do the northern advance. It opens up a gap. Now they try to sweep through the south to achieve their strategic objectives but at the tactical level they're making such incremental progress mm-hmm. yeah. and they're taking a ton of losses uh and into the point where now you have two countries joining nato that had no real yeah. no real zeal to do that in the beginning
0: unified eat the eu in a way it's not been unified it's since, creating yeah. a ton
1: of domestic yeah. unrest um uh, you know they they're taking losses there's just a at the strategic global level, there's so much that is not going well for them. But yeah, I mean, again, um, but I don't know. It's not to
3: say that they should be completely down in the dumps. I mean, they've able to rebound. the, the their ruble, they've they've shifted their economy in ways to, to, to make. It's a lot of, a lot of duct tape and glue, but it's working. They've made an in, in event incremental tactical advances. And right now, I mean, they, 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 especially with taking, they still have the initiative in this war at the moment. And it's kind of at a low, I mean, Putin just released like a notice to his troops who fought in uh, Lashensk that, um, you know, take some time to recoup and recover. So that means they potentially ceding the initiative or the initiative is up in the air at the moment. And, the, and, and whether Ukraine is able to, because you, you uh, sorry, President Zelensky has been very apparent on his stance on what territory is Ukraine and what territory is Russia are they going to have the cap- capabilities to then to then seize initiative
0: o- on their own? Or it's so, yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there. Like with the ruble, the initial like impact, we see how volatile markets are. Like if you like threaten like with, ooh, a three quarter rise and a Fed rate hike, where hasn't even happened yet. Markets fall, right. right? So the first thing that happened with the ruble was it took a big hit, and then it went way too high. And now it's going back down again. It's just they've we've made it volatile, and that's not good for mm-hmm. any country mm-hmm. for having that volatile of a of a thing. So like, there's I don't know. And now there's a kind of a I don't know quite how to describe it, but other than like the old ways of the USSR and their republics is all kind of dying off all around Russia too. Um, I don't. It's it,
1: it just makes me wonder too yeah. uh, about like. What it's what Russia is going to look like when the dust finally settles on this thing, uh, which, which we may not. It, it, that's another. I guess it, you know, looking at sort of we like to, as a Marine Corps in particular, like to pat ourselves on the back on maneuver warfare when we look at the invasion of Iraq. I mean, 19 days we're in Baghdad, mm-hmm. pulling down Saddam Hussein statues, and it was very similar. You know, we had us sort of doing this. You know, massive movement, and then we were going to take a quick right into Al Kut, and then the army was going to sweep through and then and take Baghdad. They get sort of bogged down in the airport. We don't want to lose the initiative, so we, we shift down and then and then do a sort of a double a entendre, yeah. you know, uh, right there on on uh, Baghdad. Um, but we bypassed obviously a ton, ton of stuff to maintain that momentum. We had a lull because we'd sort of outstretched. Our Logistics, we needed time for some of that to catch up, and so we went, you know, quote unquote, fedayeen hunting there and uh, in, uh Dewinia, blah blah blah. Um, so we like to pat ourselves on the back, it's like, yeah, that was maneuver warfare. Uh, but then because of all of that, we didn't do enough attrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we made that really horrible call to disband the military, now all of a sudden. They had a ton of material because we didn't do enough attrition, and then we get bogged down in a 10year war in Iraq and then ultimately a 20-year yeah. war uh, in the, in the Guat. All that is to say is, is that, is Russia necessarily prepared to do that? Because Ukrainians certainly have made it, yeah, yeah. clear yeah. that they're not going to succumb to this. Um, and so th- we look at like, all right, so does then Russia become sort of a vassal state of China? Because that's the only real it's way looking way that, that way. Gave, that's how the Rube well, got
3: saved. So well, again, I mean, as as we mentioned a few episodes, I mean, we are in a completely new geopolitical era, uh, coming from a twenty seven year old uh... <laughs> like copy editor for the Marine Corps that from from <laughs> the world according to William. Um, where I mean, there, a lot could happen in the, in the future geopolitically that could really shake things up. I mean, like Germany uh, is has is is struggling with the energy issue, which could change up a lot of things. Um, as we mentioned it in uh, one of the articles that Nick gave us, I mean the the yield for their uh, grain oh, yeah. I- is down, yeah, which it, is, which is way down. down. using
1: food as a weapon. And yep. if, if the
3: nitrate issue comes worse, I mean that's a lot of politi- like political geopolitical liv- leverage Russia could gain. Um, yeah, it could it could so it, it could be like a, <laughs> like for instance we could just be seeing the house of cards
0: collapse, which is. Well, yeah, it, and sort
1: of this uh, one of the things you'd mentioned was Kazakhstan.
0: Yeah. Hey, future Nick here. We're about to have a full brain fart on who we're talking about. We're talking about Nursultan Nazarbayev. Yeah, yeah I was trying to lean into that earlier. Yeah, but so I mean that's a. Thing. So Kazakhstan uh, had, as they were, de-Sovietizing, had a very, very, very powerful president. Um, uh as you guys name in front of you there. Um and he recently left office. Now his his successor has started stripping him of all of his powers, all of his uh nepotism, all this other stuff, and pretty much defunded him post leaving office, even though he did get a new capital named after him. So they moved from Almaty into um his city with his name on it. Um yeah, it, but, I uh, would butcher it if I tried I it. know, right? <laughs> uh, but their their money was tied to the ruble, and part of that whole energy crisis thing that just happened there led to a whole bunch of protests and all this other stuff, because Kazakhstan is minerally, like, one of the wealthiest countries on earth. Like, it's the eighth largest. It covers a lot of land. Um, there's just a lot of mineral wealth there, probably to be exploited, Um but they've recently just done a whole bunch of very Western-looking types of reforms to their constitution. I think they just passed a referendum to pass, like, 72 amendments to their constitution to uh, kind of decentralize it, mm-hmm. um, which makes them not as good of friends with Russia, but Russia's a little busy right now. It kind of t- affects the relationship with China. So we'll see how yeah, that so kind like of plays like, out. As, we,
1: as you mentioned, the House of Cards, I think that's a good... Sort of analogy uh, for this, um, uh, because as we look at Russia's inability to handle their brush fires or the potential brush fires along their periphery, China is there? Are they going to step in? Are they not? Are these areas going to become sort of disputed? If you were to look at like, if there is such a thing, like. Uh, you were to look at their board of where they see themselves, China being, you to look at their board of mm-hmm. where they see themselves at, in 2030, 2050. <laughs> their vision board? Is there, yeah, is there? <laughs> is there a big, like, swath over parts of Russia where they anticipate having to sort of step in and take control Which of why they're maintaining this alliance where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, careful of, you know, yeah. careful who you sleep with sort yeah. of thing? It's... Uh,
3: it's the 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 world order that we've been comfortable growing up in since the end of World War II and this is furthermore by the end of uh, the Cold War is uh, is up for grabs it yeah. seems like
1: what well, we talk about what is the um, what is the Chinese ch- uh, ch- strategy game oh, no wait. The Chinese oh, strategy let go, game me 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 way me way mahjong
0: no, it's not Mahjong. Go? It's the, it's, the, it's the
1: chess game that has all the little pieces. And um, actually, think, there's a bit of an article. I think you're talking about uh, Go, aren't you?
0: talking Yeah, about Go? Go. I believe. Where they got like the little yin yang pieces, white on one no, side. No, no, that's Mahjong. In. It's not Mahjong. No, Mahjong has like the little the dominoes, the little yeah. tiles. I, little, I think you're talking about
1: Mei, Go. It's Mei, Mei Wei or something like that. There's a Gazette mm-hmm. article that talks about the difference between a way of thinking about things in terms mm-hmm. of chess, vice thinking about this Chinese game. Um, <laughs> I
0: really think you're thinking about go. Yeah. I know it's Geo? probably uh, yeah, GO.
1: Look at it. it's like MEIWEI or something like that. Um anyways, but the, the the that is a sort of allegorical to the idea that like we in the west think about things in a very short decisive way and the the Chinese sort of look at things in a more a, a long drawn out sort of mm-hmm. conflict using a lot of things like deception uh, yeah, to go. It, is it G O? Let's go. Get out of town. <laughs> all right. But I mean, it's, hey, it's, yeah. But but sort of I guess the the boy the, 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 high, the thing I'm trying to highlight though is, is that it's um, this idea that like we may be so focused on all of these things because we're so sort of West centric, like we're only concerned about what's going to happen to our stuff, and this may be just some massive mm-hmm. plan within the Chinese sort of long oh. game like really their end game is to take more parts of russia Absolutely. Um, abs- well, the, the war then,
3: the russian ukrainian war has done nothing but benefit china it's drawn the west's attention mm, especially the united states away from, from, from i mean yeah but they, if you they, want to know. recapture
1: like if if really the motivation of any regime is to recapture its old stuff They've got if you look stuff. at the Mo- if you look at the the khans in the mongol empire had way more Russia well, stuff, yeah, than I had well. Southeast but,
3: but Asian stuff. Opp- Remember, opp- the Mongols conquered
0: China. They weren't China. Didn't conquer. Yeah, like understood. Yeah, yeah but
3: well, also, also like, they are opportunists.
0: Like they 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 saw how
3: it's it's shifted, um, especially the United States' attention away from from the Pacific and Asia to 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 Europe. Now, it's 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 maintained the focus. We see less news about Taiwan recently. we haven't yeah. heard about. We haven't heard much about that. Um, it's 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 pitted. Essentially, it's it's Russia is, is you know, partly doing the job uh, for China and making the United States especially spend billions and billions of dollars on sending money to Ukraine vices focusing on A, our in, internal domestic politics and B, storing up our our uh, flank against China in the Pacific. So it, they've and by being almost bystanders to this and, and They've they've benefited a lot from it, and also they're they're learning lessons. They're realizing like what, what what they can and can't do militarily, what they would need to do for, you know, their own potential um, incursion into Taiwan should that you know hopefully never happen. But they're learning the, their lessons and, and and applying it and seeing what reaction times would be like, how the West would respond, to what extent would they re- respond. So it's 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 been
0: great for them. I challenge that. There's a lot of reasons why, economically. And oh, whatnot. yeah. Uh, well, um, the main thing that is, they're not out of the news. Like, they've been buzzing all of our... They've been buzzing planes in international airspace, like, nearly causing accidents. Yeah, but how many billions like, of dollars are we diverting then to, to counter that? But we uh, we get to, uh, in Ukraine, finally take a playbook out of the, the Russian playbook and just only contribute... Money and uh, material, mm-hmm. and we don't have. We can just see how it works out. We don't have to. We are, but also invest personnel there, and that's something that we've never historically been fans of. We always like to get our hands. Well, dirty. I'm not saying that this this conflict um, hasn't benefited benefited us intellectually as it as it should. I think but that's money we're going to spend anyway. is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that we are. Well, yeah, I mean, after, after we left billions of
3: dollars of equipment in um, Afghanistan, of course, we needed to, yeah. to, to, to send money elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, sorry, here comes the, the cynical person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I
1: love it. I think, I think the coffers, you know, and, and we could bring Tim Howe back in here and we could talk about, you know, the, the pots of money. Yeah. Obviously, the coffers run deep in many of these wells. Uh, but at the same time, I think it, it takes, it like, one of the things we're losing a lot of is, like, uh, the mental capital. I guess to think mm-hmm. about like Charlie Wilson's War, for example, is is it, when it's in the public consciousness, you get a ton mm-hmm. of s- money sent to your initiative. Once it falls out, so like your so to your example, like everybody who wants to like a focus on Taiwan, like, hey, don't forget about oh, shit. One of the things we talked about in our meeting earlier, like all the people who still want us to focus on ISIS because they haven't gone away. yeah, yeah. like those coffers are probably they, they're penny pinching right now because everybody's pulling mm-hmm. or just the focus is their staffs are dropping or uh, assets you know that have priority on isr anymore and blah blah yeah. blah um, so yeah i mean
0: yeah but russian energy not being available to europe affects global markets and china is super food. reliant on global markets uh yeah so a lot if of if a lot of the places to the them
3: that's short term <laughs> if we're talking about the you no know, go if that's the correct game we're referring to
0: I mean, th- again, I, I we, think this is more of a setback for China than them sitting back like, "Oh, look at how good everything's going for China right now." You know what I mean? Like, well, it's, it's, it's yeah. It could, again,
3: we don't also we, we have access to like some of the, their their grand strategic vision, but the yeah. way
1: history will tell. Yeah, they've yeah. got so many domestic issues too, because I mean, when you yeah. say world markets, like they're not they're not yeah they're
0: um, they're having huge issues with uh, is land, land development and all that stuff. Also, they've xi jinping has been making a point of trying to whip up nationalistic fervor that can only go so far if it doesn't get an outlet yeah i mean we're
1: we're we're well overdue for a riot in hong kong yeah Mm -hmm. so So.
0: um and i think that they're probably looking inward as much as anything right now because when things aren't going well internally because they locked down for COVID hardcore and they're still not through it and there's they have some weird strains of Omicron going on mm-hmm. over there. That, well, they're
1: about to become a geriatric state too. Yeah,
0: they're also – they've already passed that mark. Oh, have they? Yeah, yeah they've already – there's more old people than young people. I can't remember what the age for that is, 26, 27. Um, it's a, <laughs> it's a much younger age than you would think. Um, so they're they're now starting to be older than younger, which is a problem that, you know, we always talk about with Social Security and whatnot. Um, difference between us and them is we import, you know, hundreds of thousands of immigrants all the time just to kind of keep the balance. Um, Different conversation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they got to be looking internally because younger people are more likely to act up. Older people are more happy with it. Older people aren't going to fight the fight. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to sit in and tell everybody how wrong they are. Um, Great beards. Yeah, yeah, no one is... um, But old old people economies don't grow. Right. So they might be looking at a peaking economy anyway, especially well, they had the a global brain trade drain goes down. In
1: the teens mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of kids going off to Western schools and yep. not coming back.
0: Yep. So and they don't always want them to come back if they get out sometimes because they're going to come in and spread bad ideas. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I I don't I don't think that. Well, one thing that definitely ties us <laughs> together is we're all in a. Soup sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, History
3: is being made every <laughs> yes. day, and we are just the poor victims. Links of us together it. in our
1: dysfunction.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we truly are global family. <laughs> we've been chatting for a while. With that, speaking of that soup sandwich to end on, there's just there's no end of stuff to talk about. But right. we've been.
3: Uh, but if you want us to talk about anything, please reach out to us on our email or social media or um, whatever whatever works for you. If you want us to. to to dive yep. into any more topics, we got Vic back. We're in the office. Let's uh, let's get some uh, good conversations going. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up for you, but uh, please, we appreciate yep. your feedback.
0: Scuttlebutt at MCA dot org is our email. You can find us on Reddit at uh, mca scuttlebutt. Uh, you can Google mca scuttlebutt and find
1: all kinds of cool resources. resources. <laughs> uh, uh, like we totally were shooting from the hip on this bad boy. So, please, like if we totally jack something up call us on it
0: you know what no press no bad press uh, all press is good press yeah that's what i'm trying to say but i want so someone find something very very specific very peculiar that we might have gotten wrong and just make it blow up you know (laughs) yeah 10,000 views let's get it um yeah, we'll yeah, there's plenty of, plenty <laughs> to yeah. work with on this yeah. episode.
1: Pronunciation, yeah. uh, the name of Chinese chess games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do the Go thing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so
0: if you're listening to this and you know what game Vixor I talk about yeah, that's not Go, yeah, I
3: please. I think we've had um, articles on both Go and this other game like Wei. I think you're not completely off. I thank just, you, thank you. I, I just typed in, like, yeah. "way" and it pulled up, like, a Chinese restaurant in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, so cool. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do Go versus way" something, yeah, and, and it was, I, like, bringing it up. It's Mei Wei, the like, M-E-I-W-E-I.
1: Yeah. I it was bringing up, right, like, man, I'm an idiot.
0: It was, like, bringing up two different international, yeah. like, internet services, and I'm, like, ah. Yeah, yeah. and
1: also, too, I, I just want to say, like, as a disclaimer, <laughs> I've never claimed to be smart. So, so I don't, <laughs> like, this is all par for this the course.
0: Is, I claimed to be smart, like, 20 years ago. Oh. <sighs> God bless you. Yeah, I think I was fourteen. Yeah. I thought I was pretty good. It's hot stuff as a teenager, I tell you what. Anyway, um, yeah, so reach out to us. Um, a lot of material please, to work with. Please. If you're if you've listened for an hour and ten minutes at this point and you want to chime in about Go versus Way, the if, first comment on our Reddit thread about it. I'll tr- pull something out of the Marine Shop, and I will send it yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. I will send it to you. I'll send you a T-shirt. I'll send you a cup. Send you a I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a giveaway. I'm not going to give you a magazine. You should already have that. Um. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on the Reddit thread. First person to talk about Go or Wei, Mei, me Wei. Mei Wei Wei, yeah. Wei, Mei, Mei Um All right. Chinese chess, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Consider this a giveaway. If somebody chimes in on that Reddit thread by next Monday, I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to get your address. I'm going to send you something nice. All right, guys. Uh, One more time, we're going to thank Service Credit Union, and then we'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning. Bye. Bye.
2: This episode of Scuttlebutt is sponsored by Service Credit Union. Our friends at Service Credit Union have been serving military, veterans, and their families for over 65 years. You might know that they provide mortgages, including VA loans as well as auto and personal loans. But did you know that they now have a loan specifically for the iBot Mobility device? For those who don't know... The iBot is a revolutionary device that goes above and beyond what a traditional mobility device can do. It can go up curbs, navigate stairs and snow, and even rise up to six feet. Of course, this device also comes with a high cost that isn't usually covered by insurance. So Service Credit Union has stepped in to help provide its members with financing, with no money down and terms up to 72 months. For more details, visit servicecu.org backslash iBot.
0: Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am Nick Wilson. That is Major Vic Rubel, U.S. Marine Corps, retired. You may have also heard the voices of or contributions from William Truding or Nancy Lichman, editors of Gazette and Leatherneck magazines, respectively. Opinions expressed in Scuttlebutt are just that, opinions, and do not represent any official stance of the MCA.